So welcome to the Everything New York Giants podcast. My name is Adriana. I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest, the Giants offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson. And I know that Giants fans everywhere are going to be very excited to hear from you, especially <laughs> after the draft, getting John Michael Schmitz and just talking about the future of the O-line after mm -hmm. some of the challenging years that we have had mm -hmm. the last few years until you came in. <laughs> well, first off, it's it's great to be here, Adriana, and, and I appreciate taking time out of your day to to have me on. And I love talking about, you know, my guys and the Giants linemen. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear the questions. Awesome. Okay, we're ready. So I'll, I guess I'll start with this one first is you're going into your second season with mm -hmm. the Giants as their offensive mm -hmm. line coach and you know in the last year or so without throughout these couple off seasons there's been a lot of changes to the line mm -hmm. a lot of guys brought in dealt with a lot of injuries rookies all of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so what changes did you make when you first came in in 2022 to the program training anything like there were there specific things that you came in and said, all right, this has to be revamped. This is what we have to do to get the line where it needs to be. Um, I, I think there were a couple things. Um, I think anytime you come into a new organization, um, you have to install your system, um, whether it be the whole offense, the whole defense, um, but with a line, because you have five guys, you have to get them to communicate and work as one. So you have a system that you have to put in on how uh, we're going to communicate, um, how we're going to operate. So you have to get that. That's kind of that kind of fundamental thing uh, uh, installed. Um, so I would say that that's kind of standard across any level of football when you have you know a turnover. Um, one of the things that I felt like I wanted to make a point to the guys that we were inheriting or that we were, you know, getting on board with was for me, I want them to know they had a clean slate. Mm. Um, I wasn't so much worried uh, about the past. I wanted to move forward. Um, I didn't want to fight uh, the demons of the past or try to overcome obstacles that were in the past. I wanted the guys to say, okay, clean slate. We're moving ahead um, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I wasn't here before, so I wasn't going to hold things against them that, that had happened in the past. Um, and, you know, I'm a coach, so I also wasn't going to waste our time with them talking about their opinions of the mistakes that the past coaches made. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want to waste yeah. that. Those coaches weren't here to defend themselves. So, hey, let's not even worry about it. All right. Let's just let's let's get on the same page of how we're going to communicate. Let's get on the same page of how we're going to work and let's just move forward and let things kind of sort themselves out. Everybody's going to get an opportunity to earn a role if you do the things we lay out in front of you. And, and those were like really the two biggest things. And I know that doesn't sound like super, um, I don't want to say super intricate, but that's kind of, I think, how you have to have a starting off point. Mm -hmm. And now going from one season with the team now into your second season mm -hmm. and, you know, there's not a ton of new faces on the line mm -hmm. compared to probably last year. Right. Will your strategy be about the same or now, now you've got new changes to make, right? That you've got a new guy, potentially a new line yeah. with a few new guys yeah. there. Um, I, I think one of the things that's really unique to the national football league is the fact that from year to year, your team's never the same. Mm -hmm. 
uh, whether it be the whole team, offense, defense, or positionally, it's never the same. Because you always have guys like, hey, there's free agents that leave, i.e. John Feliciano um, and, and Nick Gates. They were free agents. They left. So right there, our room's different. Um, every year, there's a draft. So you got new guys coming in. Enter John Michael Schmitz. Um, but then you also have pieces like you have guys who didn't play at all because they were injured. Marcus McKeithen. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a guy like uh, Joshua Zuda, who his season was cut short. A guy like Shane Lemieux, season cut short. So you're never really the same. Um, the good thing is, is our communication and our fundamentals and all that stuff have remained the same. So we're all speaking the same language. We all know what we're doing. We all know how the mechanics work. But now it's like getting the pieces. How do I want to? How do we want to rearrange the pieces? You know what I mean? So um, I'm excited about that. But naturally, when you're in the second year, now you can build on things. Okay, that we weren't good at this, so we need to improve on it. You can identify things and you can speak the same links. We're all right now. What I'm noticing in the offseason is we're all communicating a lot faster. Okay. Coach to player, player to coach, player to player, um, because we've been around each other for the most part. So we understand we're all speaking the same language. We're all doing the same things. We're all know how to, uh, we all know what we're trying to get accomplished. So we're communicating faster, but it's just a matter of how are young guys going to develop? How are in, injury, how are injured guys going to come back from their injuries? How are the new pieces going to fit? You, you know, you, you're still trying to rearrange some things you had before. So that's always a unique thing is how are we going to gel this year? Because we're not exactly the same as we were last year. Right. Is it too soon for me to ask about an injury update on those guys? Are you, are you allowed to give um, us any insight in some of the ones? I, 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 I can't talk know? specifically about their injury, but I can say this. Okay. Everybody, everybody is on schedule. Okay. All right. Um, everybody is on schedule. Um I can say that the fact that the guys that were did have injuries from a year before, um, they all did a great job of sticking around and and, and working rehab and just working out, and, and they look great. Um, so I, I think that there aren't any unforeseen uh, bumps in the road. If that okay. helps at all. Okay, that's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I want to talk about John Michael Schmitz now. Yeah. So there were, I think there were a lot of um, surprises with the way that the draft went this yeah. year. I c- can probably speak for majority, if not all of the fan base, when I say that we are all very excited how yeah. we got John Michael Schmitz. And, mm-hmm. you know, we always hear all of the coaching staff in the front office say that the qualities they're looking for in these guys is that they're smart, tough, and dependable. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to John Michael Schmitz specifically, what were the qualities that you saw in him that made him rank so high on your board versus some of the other offensive linemen or centers who are still available at 57. Right. Um, you know, obviously we talk about, as you know, you know, we we look for smart, tough, and dependable. And then regardless of position, um, he, he embodies all those, but I think what set him apart was just the level at each of those criteria that he was, um, just my initial meeting with him, uh, you know, I, the reason you go in this process and go see guys and spend time around them is so you can get, really get to know them, but it's also so you can compare apples to apples. So mm-hmm. some of the things we do, I, we try to get some consistency. So in order for me to compare apples to apples, I got to see a lot of guys in person. Um, and, you know, 
for him in particular, the way the schedule worked out, it was, hey, go to dinner. But I do the same process with each guy. So with him, I had to do it at dinner. Well, okay. there's some distractions there. The distractions yeah. didn't bother him. We're at a steakhouse. I'm quizzing him over football and he is taking it in stride. Now, the thing that set him apart was he couldn't take any notes. He didn't have a pen. I had a pen, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a notepad. I'm like, he's like, don't worry about it, coach. I got it. And so he's just listening to me talk. I'm going fast for on purpose. And he just, it didn't phase him. So that was impressive. He showed how smart he was. He also showed that he couldn't be rattled. Um, you watch his tape. He's a gritty player that works hard. He's a self-made player. He's a guy that wasn't a five-star recruit. Um, he was going to go to Western Michigan and the coach went, decided to go to Minnesota and they asked him to come and, that was his major offer. And he went and he made himself into a player. So, you know, he's a tough kid. Uh, you know, he's biggest thing is he's mentally tough. He wasn't, you know, wavered by the fact that he wasn't a big recruit. He was just going to work as hard as he could every day to see how it turned out. And he's a dependable guy. I mean, you know, you talk to people in the program there and they rave about him. The other piece about him is, yeah, he has those attributes, but what a, he's a great kid. And, and I don't mm-hmm. say kid in a derogatory term. It's just the fact that, I have a daughter the same age as him. So it's just, he's a good young man where he's about all the right things. You know, he's a really good football player. He's an even better person. Mm. So you put those two things together and you feel really good about what he could become as he grows as a professional football player. Cause he's, he already carries himself very professionally. He works extra. Um, you, you don't worry about, so far him not doing the things that he needs to do to be the best player he can be because he's been doing that and he knows he's gonna have to take it even to the next step and you already see him doing that i saw him do that at the rookie mini camp so that's why you feel really good about him Mm -hmm. in some of the research that i did and came across when i was looking at him was that he is a very quick learner which Mm -hmm. i is obviously going to be very important in the adjustment from college to the nfl Um, And that he grew up in the Chicago area. I know there's a lot of talk in, you know, the New York area about the media and handling them and all of that kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was alluded to the fact that he grew up in the Chicago area. He's he's kind of used to that type of thing. But you mentioned earlier communication a lot. Mm -hmm. And and we know Mm -hmm. that that's that's going to be really important for the offensive line in general to mesh and to have a successful cohesive line. Mm -hmm. But with him being a rookie this year, and we know that throughout college, he did all of the play calling. So he's, he's got some of that experience behind him, Mm -hmm. but how are you prioritizing communication amongst the line as a whole? And then especially Mm -hmm. with him coming in as a rookie. Right. Um, You know, I I think part of it that's going to help him is, like you asked earlier, what was the biggest thing you had to do year one? What's the difference year two? Year one, we had to install, like I said, our system. How are we going to communicate? Well, one of the things I came in the first day was, hey, in the huddle, quarterback talks, our mouths are quiet. We're listening. We're getting our marching orders. We get to the line. The only guy talking really is the center. Never said, hey, if the center's a rookie, you guys don't have to listen to him. Right. If it's a veteran, you listen to him. It's mm-hmm. no, the guy playing center is going to make a call. He is setting the table for everybody. After that, if there's a corresponding call that needs to be made by somebody else, you make it. But we got to get the calls out of our mouth. We got to get ready for the quarterback to ask for the ball and let's go. Now, you fast forward to now, hey, doesn't matter that if he's a rookie and he comes in, it's the fact that 
If he's in the huddle and he is the center, he is going to get out. He's going to set the table by making the calls he needs to make. And if there's corresponding the calls that have to come after that, the guys make those. So that'll help him because it's year two. Now, if it would have been year one, you know, there might have been a little bit more of a transition. Hmm. The biggest thing is going to be him learning it, which I'm pretty confident he will. Um, he's got the right mindset because one of the things I ask centers when I go to see them is, hey, how are you going to handle it if you're sitting next to a nine-year vet on the bench and he made a mistake? He didn't listen to a call you made. How are you going to handle that in the heat of the moment? And he goes, well, I'm going to let him know that he needs to listen to the call and that we can't have miscommunications. He goes, but I'm going to have to earn their trust first. Mm. I was like, perfect. Perfect. So he has the right mindset. That he's going to have to come in and he's going to have to earn their trust by making the right calls consistently so they know to listen to him and just working hard. So that's, like I said, that goes back to what you asked me, why we liked him. It's mm-hmm. all those other little things. It's, yeah. yeah, he has the main traits, but it's all those other little add-ons that you go, yeah, that's why. So um, I don't think there'll be a, a, a big uh, transition for us as a room, but he's going to have to earn it. And he mm-hmm. understands that. So, um, like I said, I think he's got the right mindset. Um, we're preparing him. Uh, it'll be better when he gets here next week to get, you know, you know, to get him, you know, immersed with the other guys. But I've already had the other guys in communication with him. I've already included him into the group text. And so I'm trying to get him as immersed with the group as quickly as possible. Okay. That that's going to lead me to my next question, because I know um, this will probably come as a surprise to you, but I have never played offensive line before. And mm. I, I guarantee that probably majority of Giants fans have also not played offensive line, right. especially right. in right. the NFL. Right. So I think as fans, we we can oversimplify the challenges that it takes to create a cohesive line. And, you know, we're used to seeing teams like Dallas and Philadelphia, where it seems like every year they have a good O-line and there's never any issues. Mm -hmm. But could you explain maybe a little bit what it takes to create a a successful O-line and maybe what what your process is going to be this year a little bit to to Mm -hmm. take us to the next step? Mm -hmm. Well, I think first you have to develop an identity. I think year two, um, we'll have, we'll, we, we will reflect more of the identity that we laid out to the players year one. Um, I think year two, they have a better understanding of what the expectations are. Okay. So I think that's one of the first things of, how, how you get to that. The players have to understand what the expectations are. What is their job? You have to make it very clear. Not that they don't understand, but what it is, is you want it to be black and white. This is your job. This is the expectation. Just like uh, the organization lays out to each of us coaches, of this is your job. Here are your, you know, the description and here are the expectations. Um, I think why some of the lines that people, you know, the examples you use is that they've, they have an identity. You know, Philly's had a lot, the same line coach for an extended period of time, and he's one of the best in the league. So they have an identity. They have a way of communication. They have a way they're going to do things, and that is not going to change. 
I think in Dallas, they've had some different line coaches, but you look at the guys that are playing the line, those pieces haven't changed. The coaches may have, but they themselves have a group, they have an identity. You look at our line over the, before I got here, and even now, it's different. I'm like the sixth or seventh coach in the last, you know, five years. Um, and there have been a, just a line of guys that come through here. What we need to do is, one, develop our identity. They know what their expectations are. Um, I think the next piece of that is you need to continue to develop guys. That way, because more often than not, you're going to have some injuries. Mm -hmm. You can't all of a sudden be a different line just because one guy's out. Yeah, it's the NFL. No, they're not going to postpone a game. So you got to develop the guys who aren't the starters. All right, you got to get the, the starters to elevate their level of play. You got to get the guys behind to elevate their level of play and be ready to for their opportunity when it comes for whatever reason, injury, uh, anything that may pop up. Um, for us, that's where we're, we need to take the next step up. I think they understand what the identity is. I think they understand what their job description is. I think they now just have to carry out what the identity is. I'm sure the fans are probably like, well, what is it? Well, we say we're smart, tough, and dependable. We have to show that. We have to consistently play in that fashion. Um, but we also have to play that way regardless of who's out there. You know, heaven forbid you don't want to, your best player to be out, but if Andrew Thomas were to not to miss a game, we have to still play the same way that we say our identity is regardless of who's playing in his spot. My job is to get the guy who would be his backup, whoever it may be, to play at the highest level they possibly can, can so that we can maintain that identity, even though maybe the best player is not out there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what our, our, our that's what you have the off season for. Mm -hmm. So and, and to be honest with you, your identity doesn't really start to come to light until you get into training camp, because now you get a better idea of okay, who are going to be the exact guys? Because right now you have more than you're going to have in the season. Um, what schemes are we going to be better at? You know. Um, and, and, and I think that is we're in the early phase of it, but I think the picture should become clearer and clearer the closer and closer we get to the season. Mm -hmm. I heard some gripes from fans saying that they thought that maybe we should have taken a couple extra offensive linemen, maybe in the seventh round or mm -hmm. undrafted free agents, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And my argument is we already have, including John Michael Schmitz, 14 offensive linemen on the roster and mm -hmm. i i know from what i've seen from joe shane is that that's probably not the end of it i'm sure over the mm -hmm. next couple months throughout the summer there will be more guys brought in but in your in your world is it the more the merrier the more guys that are brought in the more competition let's see what we can get or is it you know we have 14 guys so far. Most of them have been here from last year. They know the scheme. They know the offense we're trying to run. I'm sure that gives them some sort of advantage over the newer guys coming in. Mm -hmm. um, but with injuries and stuff like that, how do you manage? Um, I mean, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And, you know, when I was younger, I used to get worried uh I used to let the opinions of other people kind of affect my my approach. Um, I don't do that anymore because everybody's allowed to have their opinion and you're never going to make everybody happy. And that's the beauty of the sport that we're in, you know, is, hey, everybody has an interest and there's fans and they support you when it's good. And sometimes they have opinions that 
hey, they would do it differently. Okay, that's, that's, I'm fine with that. Um, and but I also know that they're not on the inside. You know, right. a lot of fans a might say they're not Joe Shane. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wouldn't say anything because I I know Joe. I've been with Joe for a while, but I don't know what it's like to do his job. Who am I to tell him? That, you know, he asked me. You know, when he asked me for my input, I give him my input. When he doesn't ask me for my input, my input stays with me. You know, <laughs> and, and that's why that's why the the mayor's picked him to do his job. Yes. And, uh, you know, I look at it this way. There's a numbers game that people maybe don't understand that you're only allowed to have so many guys over on your roster. And you have to, you have to manage the whole roster. My job is to coach the other line. Mm-hmm. And when Joe says, this is the number you got, and these are the guys we're giving you to make that number. My job is to make it work. Um, my job is not to say, well, I wish I had this guy, or I wish I had that guy. Um, with that being said, it's also like the fans don't know everything that's in house. They've only seen some of these guys, some of these guys that we have on the roster, they've never seen play. Right. And so they just assume, well, they're not good enough. That's why they haven't played. It was like, well, that's not necessarily the case. Um, so I, my approach with the line is always this. If you do your job to the best level you can, right, you more than likely will earn a role on this team whatever that role may be okay my job as a coach is to give you the tools to succeed but also to increase your value to the organization so that you can continue to be on this team so for the starters i want to make sure that i can help them play at the highest level they can and improve their level play is that refining their technique giving them new tools to be successful yes the backups create position versatility can you are you a tackle can i can teach you how to play guard can i teach you to play both right and left can i teach you to play all five spots because then that helps us on game day if something were to happen now we maybe don't miss a beat um my approach is just the guys that we have here my job is to improve them to the best of their my ability to get them play the best of their ability um i don't necessarily look for anybody outside i'm not shopping i worry about what's inside the building and if they decide to change the pieces that are inside the building then my job is to make it as seamless as possible for the group and that individual that's being added or so forth um and, and that's how i approach it i can only control what i control and that that took me a long time in my career i'm coaching almost 30 years and it took me a long time to get to that point i mm-hmm. think the guys the players appreciate that because there's a level of consistency i try to stay right here for them there's so many things that are tugging at them that they could pull them on the highs and lows. I try to stay right there in the middle to meet them on the way up and on the way back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and be honest with you, offensive linemen, a lot of them are wired that way to try to be as level-headed as possible. So I just want to try to help them play to the best of their ability and maintain their focus on what they can control. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, that's what I really try to do. Like, yeah, I, I, I love fans. Don't get me wrong, but I I, I can't spend a lot of time worrying about what their concerns are. Yeah. I just want to help the players so that they play really well so the fans are happy and cheer about them and drink an extra beer after <laughs> the game because they played so well. And that's really right. what I I mean, I know that sounds simple, but it, that's that's it's, that's factual. I just want I want the fans. My brother-in-law is a huge Giants fan. Huge Giants fan. When we play really good, he is really happy and my sister's happy that he's happy. When we don't play so good, he's a better fan than most cuz he's he still remains positive with me, but he also mm-hmm. tells me what we need to do differently. <laughs> The question so, is, do you listen to him? You know what? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I, I, I will give him credit. 
he does give me like pointers on like, hey man, it's New York media. You need to be very careful. Just yeah. you know, be careful. I mean, because he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to me because I'm you know I'm I'm my brother-in-law. But when he tells me like, hey, you guys should try doing this, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. You're 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 a retired detective. I'll leave that to you. I don't tell you how to solve cases. All right. So yes, I'll figure that out. So but yeah, I, I, I just want the fans to be proud of, of the team that they root for. And, and I understand I can only control a small piece of that. And that's what I try to do. Yeah. And I think we've all, you know, for a long time, we felt like there has been no priority towards fixing the line. And mm -hmm. in the last two off seasons, we've seen that drastically change. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's been reassuring for a lot of us. And as far as I'm concerned, 14 offensive linemen sounds like a pretty good amount to have yeah, on actually, the roster. Yeah. Actually, we have 15 on the roster. Um, you know, the other thing I look at is this is um, I know a lot of people feel and I feel this way sometimes, too. Like, I'd like things to gel like that. Like, yeah, oh, let's fix it right now. Mm -hmm. um, one of the positions that takes a little bit of time to, I mean, obviously, NFL quarterbacks, one of the hardest positions at any sport to play. But offensive line is a, is a, is a developmental position for the most part. I mean, there's, it's a very uh, technically refined position. Um, and and it, it takes time to develop those. Now, I'm not saying that to buy myself time for people to see results. But look at Andrew Thomas. Had a rocky rookie year. Yep. Second year was a little bit better, but he got hurt. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, third year this past year, played. I think he started to, to to exceed even what people expected to get from him. Yep. All right. I think that helped Evan Neal because now when Evan Neal had his struggles, people weren't ready to run him out of town. Like, hey, Andrew went through the same thing, and look what we got. You know, three years later, we're giving him a pass. Take a step back even more and go. Andrew's twenty four years old. Evan's twenty three. Joshua Zudu is 23 years old. John Michael Schmitz is 24. Marcus McKeithen is 20, almost, I think he's 24. Bob Bred Ben Bredesen, I, we call him Bob in the room. He's 26. Oh, yeah, he's 26. Uh, we only have three players that are older than 26 out of the 15. Wow. It's a young room. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of room for growth. That should give people some excitement. I know I get excited every day going there going, man, I, I see these guys getting better every day. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're young players and it's a developmental position. So I see them growing every day. So I get excited about it. And I understand fans want to see it faster. I want to see it now. They want the line to be Amazon Prime. They want yes. to order it and they want it to get here an hour. I, I, I would love that too. Yes. But that's, that's, that's what my job is every day is to try to speed that up as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. And that's why I try to year two, I can push the envelope a little bit more. Hey, you guys know there's no learning curve now. Let's go. Right. Let's go. And that's, and we're seeing that. And I think as we progress through the off season and get through training camp, I think people are going to start to see that too, as they can see these guys grow and mature in, in front of their eyes. Mm -hmm. With that being said about Evan Neal specifically, you know, I know he dealt with an injury last year too. So mm -hmm. like, Andrew Thomas, you know, those, those setbacks definitely affect them. But can you tell us what type of feedback or training recommendations you've given to Evan to improve the off in the off season? Yeah. Um, there were things that we addressed with that. Just like anytime you draft a guy, you address things right when you get him. Like, Hey, here's some things, you know, we need you to work on, which is always probably a little bit shocking for a draft pick. It's like, what well, you just drafted me. 
really high and you're telling me what right. I got to fix already. It's like, yeah, well, you know, you're not playing college. It's NFL. So we, we always have to help you get better. Now I always frame it as like, Hey, we want to help you be the best player you can be. So here are a couple of things we want you to start working on. But the thing you have to be careful with as a rookie is there's a lot of stuff coming at them. Mm. Their whole life has changed. Yeah. So at a certain point, you got to just take one bite at a time and say, all right, just concentrate on this, concentrate on this. And when the season ends, you're like, okay, here are some things I need you to address in the off season when you're not here. Um, there are little, there are some technical things. The good thing about Evan is he's an extremely hard worker. He loves working at football. He works at it all year round. He is not one of those guys that is afraid to work. And when the season's over, he's going to relax for an extended period of time. He is working at it and he's looking and he hunts up the best people he can to work with. There were some things that from a technique, something as simple as like, I feel like his stance was bunched up last year. And I told him, Hey, you're a big man. You're wasting a lot of motion getting in and out of your stance. So let's find a, let's find a stance that's a little bit more comfortable for you. That was just something that last year we couldn't, we were trying to address it, but there were so many other bigger picture things that he needed to attack that, Hey, focus on understanding these calls and know what you got. And Hey, this guy's this type of pass rusher. So it was like, he was functional, but we can make it better. So things like that, um, you know, he obviously is always trying to take care of his body as well. He's a bigger guy and he wants to, you know, make sure he's fresh. So he always working his body, which is, is great. It'll help. It'll, you know, prolong his career. And he had to overcome an injury, like you said. So those would be things that hopefully help him avoid injuries in the future. So there were some of those things that we addressed which some of them, you know, I can share and some of them I can't. And, the biggest thing is he's no longer a rookie. So some right. of the learning curve is gone. So I've already seen some, you know, vast improvement this all season because there are certain things I had to explain to him, you know, on a relatively regular basis last year because every week something was new. Now mm -hmm. he has a, a full year of experience where I can just talk to him. Hey, Evan, remember when they do this and they give you this, just like this game, but like, yeah, I got you. I do this. He couldn't do that last year because he didn't have that experience under his belt. Right. Now he does. So, um, yeah, he's going to continue to grow and, you know, we've seen the trajectory that Andrews make, you know, hopefully he can replicate that same trajectory. Yeah, that that would be a best case scenario. <laughs> I think we'd yeah. all love that. I would love that too. Yeah. Um, okay, two more for you and then I'll let you go. Yeah. So yeah. I know that in the off season too, that the Giants are bringing in a new assistant offensive line coach, I believe yeah. from Holy Cross. So yes. can you tell us a little bit about him and yeah. what he... Uh, what you guys saw in him and, yep. you know, he obviously doesn't have NFL experience, but what yep. he's going to bring to you in the yep. offensive line. So Chris Smith is the, is the new assistant offensive line coach. He goes by Smitty. Um, Chris, you know, obviously like he played at Holy Cross. Uh, he came from Holy Cross, you know, he was, that's where he was coaching. Very, very intelligent uh, uh, individual. Um, he was a coordinator there. So uh, unlike most O-line coaches, like I was never a coordinator at any level here's a guy who was a coordinator at the you know the fcs level and they were a very successful fcs school um they were a, a very uh, explosive offense um so he he brings a maybe a little bit different perspective um he brings a you know a big picture perspective where some line coaches I always tell line you know younger line coaches who ask me for i say don't live in a box just don't sit there and only worry about the o-line and nothing outside of it continue to try to grow and he's a guy that has that perspective because he was responsible for the whole offense um, but we, you know, when we went through the interview process, we interviewed a lot of people and we had, you know, we came down to, you know, about three really highly qualified candidates. And, and at the end of the day, as a staff, you know, 
we felt like he was the best fit um, for what we, you know, the staff that we currently had. Um, very comfortable in his skin. He is, he's, he's a football junkie. He, his eyes light up every time I say, hey, Smee, let, let's go talk with him. The X's and O's of what we, he's, like, he's great. You know, he's like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I live for. So, um, you know, we're continuing to grow together. Just like I got to learn the players when we get new players. You know, I got to learn him and he's got to learn me. Uh, but so far, it's been really good. Um, you know, the big thing I told him is, you know, he doesn't have to be Tony Sperano, who was a very excellent coach and a good friend of mine. I said, you just got to be the best Chris Smith you can be. And I just want you to be Chris Smith. I don't want you to be anybody else. And um, he's done a wonderful job thus far. And he's a little bit like young players. He's never been in the NFL. So every day there's something new that happens to him, you know, and, and my job after being in the NFL for, you know, over 13, you know, it was my 14th season is just I try to help him. I try to, you know, lessen the, the learning curve. And, you know, he's eager and he's a, he's a fast learner. He's like I say, he's a very intelligent uh, individual. So he, he's, he's going to be a really good addition for the room. Okay. Excited to see what he brings. All right. My last question is as Giants fans, what can we realistically expect from the O-line this year? Um, That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, one of the tougher questions I've been asked, you know, I I can tell you this. Okay. You're going to see, and this is no slight on anybody that played last year you're going to see an improved offensive line in a number of areas. Um, I think what you pointed out before of uh, uh, a couple of examples, you pointed out like the Eagles line and the Dallas line, they've been consistently good lines. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to start to show an identity um, and some consistency. Um, am I going to sit here and say that uh, – we're going to come out whatever PFF ranking. I'm not going to do that because I don't, I don't even know really who PFF is and I don't know how they come over the rankings anyway. So I'm not going to tell you that that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're going to see an improvement. I think we're going to be more consistent. And I think this too, I think we're going to, we're going to, the guys that go out on that field as offensive line for the giants, I think for the first time in a long time, there's the fans are going to be like, they're going to be proud of their linemen. I think they're going to be excited that they're their linemen. They're going to be excited that those guys are going to, are Giants linemen. Because I think that if they ever got the opportunity to meet these individuals, these linemen, they'd see what kind of good men they are, but what like legit professionals they are, how hard they work, how smart they are, how competitive they are. I think they would realize like, yeah, those are the guys I want in, in, in those blue jerseys on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys I want. I wouldn't trade them for anybody. Those are my guys. You know, I think that's what they're going to see. They're going to, I think, I think we're going to put a product out there on the field that the fans will have pride in. Cause I know the, the players that are going to put those jerseys on are going to have pride in that jersey. That's what we want to hear. That yeah, doesn't yeah. get better than that. Yeah. So that's 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 what I think is going to happen, and that's what we're striving for, and we're going to strive for that every day. That's where we're going to be. So. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Giants no offensive problem. line coach Bobby Johnson. And we're looking forward for football season <laughs> to start and to see this offensive line on the field. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Um, right now I'm kind of. Waiting, I don't know. I can even see what time it is. Waiting to see uh, the schedule release. So I know all the other fans oh. that they're waiting for. Oh yeah, uh, the schedule release. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of uh, talking points after that. After that comes out, but I appreciate you having me on. 
Um, if there's ever anything I can do in the future to uh, help out, please feel free to, to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Anytime. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye.